Good morning. Wow, I'm not as young as I used to be. I uh, used to be able to fill in no problem, and I'm a little out of breath. So uh, Brent Keith, and much like many of us, uh, family members, uh, he's got some sort of stomach bug. So uh, we had to call an audible late last night, but uh, wasn't worship great this morning? Just so good to be in his presence. You know, what's amazing to me, too, is, um, you know, we'll get visitors that come in. Maybe they're believers, maybe they're not, maybe don't know their spiritual journey, but they said, you know what? When I walk in, I feel God's presence. And do you know why that is? It's because you surrender to the Lord and you're giving him the due worship that is only due to his name. And he says, when my people worship me, I show up. When people get away from themselves and they surrender and let go and they lay themselves down and they lift me up. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, all nations, I will draw all people to myself. And so if you're visiting and you feel that, that's God drawing you to himself. Isn't that cool? That out of all creation, that's right, he set us apart. Isn't that amazing? And so we're entering in this uh, back to the basics. Uh, you're going to get used to this logo. You're going to logo. You're going to get uh, used to uh, the phrase of healthy living and going back to the basics. Last week we 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 started the sub series. Again, we have several sub series in this main series, but it's healthy spirituality. And we talked about a foundation. And there is only one foundation to build our lives upon that is going to last the storms of life and the sin that we are all held guilty for, and that is the cornerstone of Christ Jesus. And um, in this series, we want to look at the basics that are found in the Bible, God's Word. All of it is true. I think I said if you listen to the download, I said nothing in it is inerrant. That was a a double negative. Um, Nothing in it is a lie. Everything is truth. Everything is truth in God's word. And so we're going to look at practical tools and ways of living found in God's word so that we would start to live not just individually and not just as a family, but as a church, we would start to live healthy lives spiritually. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you want spiritually healthy lives? Physical health. We're going to talk about what the Bible says about that. Emotional and mental health. Healthy finances. And a tough one, but it's so needed, is healthy relationships. And so last week, as we talked about the foundation, we, we saw this teaching point that I like to call Back to the Basics 101 or Healthy Living 101. And it says this, a life built upon the cornerstone is a life with a healthy heart, a new heart. Would you just say that with me? We're a participatory church here. Ready? A life built on the cornerstone. Wow, you sound good. Is a life with a healthy heart, a new heart. Some of you may know this about me, but um, about five years ago, uh, Lauren and I just celebrated our 13th anniversary, so five years ago, um, we were... We were what we would consider pretty tip-top shape, good health. Uh, We had a lot of more time on our hands. We both worked full-time. 
but uh, we had time together in the evenings. We, we would make healthy meals. We would uh, be on the healthy supplement, supplements, and uh, we would run together. Lauren absolutely loves to. I hated it, but the more I did it and the more time we spent together as a couple, we loved it. And so we started running a couple half marathons, and, and then I believe in 2012, uh, we ran uh, our first and only full marathon in Nashville, and um, oh, the past. <laughs> uh, but then um, Lauren, it was Lauren's fault because she got pregnant. And so, um, man, I hate when that happens. And uh, life got complicated. Life got busy and stressful. She had less energy, way less energy. And she worked full time. And me being the awesome and very humble husband that I am, I, I decided to sympathize with her and walk this journey of pregnancy with her. And so as she got tired and slower, I got tired and slower. <laughs> and as she's, her tummy stretched with the baby inside, my tummy stretched with carbs inside <laughs> and other stuff. And uh, it, was, it was crazy. And, you know, Lauren delivered... Uh, to a very healthy son, Joseph, who's now two and a half years old. And, you know, when she got back to work, she got back to health. She got into her routine and discipline, and I didn't. Um, and honestly, I didn't care because I was finding joy and pleasure in my comfort. <laughs> and two years, almost two years after that went by, maybe 25 more pounds after that, seriously, um, believe it or not, um, we were having this conversation where my wife was really concerned about me. She could see the signs that I weren't seeing or maybe the signs that I was avoiding. And she says, Phil, you need to stop and you need to get back in health. And I remember the conversation. I remember where we were. Uh, Joseph was in the bathtub. Lauren was sitting by the bathtub and I was in the doorway. And I looked at Lauren and I just said, you know what? You're right, but I don't want to. I said, I'm, it's not a priority. And she just laughed at me. Like, no sympathy like I gave her through this pregnancy. She just laughs at me, and she goes, suit yourself. And so it wasn't until I started feeling chest pains. I couldn't breathe right. I couldn't walk right. All these symptoms and all these choices, even though they felt wonderful and they felt great to the palate as they went down, all of a sudden the results weren't so enjoyable anymore. And so I realized that I was not only out of shape, something was wrong. Something truly was wrong, not just in my physical state, but also in my emotions. I was more irritable. I was less patient, and I already struggle with that at my normal health. And um, I was tired all the time. Eight, nine hours of sleep a night was not enough. And I just would not stop. And I couldn't find a way possible to slow this carousel down. It just kept feeling, spinning and spinning and spinning to where it was going to get out of control. Have you been there? And so I finally mustered up my pride, and I went to my health doctor, who also happened to be a chiropractor, 
And uh, before I say that, I do want to say this about our healthy decisions. We cannot, just like in my life, we cannot make the changes needed for healthy living if we are not absolutely convinced we need to change. That's why New Year's resolutions so often do not work. It's a good thought, it's a great intention, it's a good idea, but you're not convinced fully that you need to change. And so then you go back to your normal ways and you go back to your comfort place. Some of you, that comfort place is alcohol or an addiction. Some of you, that comfort place is gossip. Some of you, that comfort place is eating Cheetos and chocolate at night when no one's watching. That's me, by the way. So don't get me Cheetos and chocolate, all right? That would be bad. <laughs> um, we cannot make those healthy decisions and changes and keep them if we are not dissatisfied to the core of our current unhealthy, dysfunctional, destructive state. And guys, let's just be honest. We're seeing all over the place. And I'm sorry it's going to hit a hard spot for some of you, but we're seeing drugs rob people's families. And it's too late before they realize their destructive state has got to end. And it may not be that drastic for you, but I guarantee you there is a comfort pattern of sin and lack of right priorities that is going to get you every time if you give in to it. And so we need to hit rock bottom sometimes in order for us to be totally disgusted with the state that we're in. And so I got disgusted and I went to the doctor. And sure enough, I didn't realize how bad I was until I got the test results. Have you ever gotten test results? My triglycerides, triglycerides, Triglycerides were through the roof. My bad cholesterol was bad. My good cholesterol was bad. My adrenal glands were absolutely, he said he's never seen them so depleted. He says, you're running on empty, bud. He says, it's just a matter of time. You're going to crash and burn and not be able to get up this time. He said, you're a mess. And then he said, now get on the alignment table. And I was like, what? And he says, you're a mess, and so that means you're out of line. You see, when we're unhealthy and we're seeing and experiencing unhealthy results, that means you're out of alignment every time. Because when you're out of alignment, everything else is out of place. And there was a lot of snap, crackle, and popping going on on that alignment table. <laughs> and I didn't know what was happening. But I tell you what, when I sat up, I was actually seeing colors and different shades that I hadn't seen for so long. I was breathing in ways I haven't breathed in two years. The aches and pains in my body were still there, but they sure weren't as extreme. I could breathe deep breaths and not have a pinch in my rib cage because I was in alignment. 
I was in perfect alignment with how the body is supposed to be in balance and healthy. And all the poor and unhealthy decisions I made over that season, no matter how good they made me feel, in a moment they led to such destructive consequences and it was proof on the test results. And sometimes we need to look at our test results to remind ourselves of the place where we don't want to be. The hard truth, church, and if you're taking notes, by the way, there are some notes in the flaps like I promised you last week. There's not one in every flap, so you'll have to share, but it says back to the basics, and these are sermon notes for you. And I would encourage you, I even do it myself, listen to the message and allow yourselves online and allow yourselves to go deeper in the word and in your relationship with God. Father God, I just ask that you would come as you already are here. Teach us, mold us. And I pray that every single word that you want our hearts to hear and to apply, that you would not let us lose sight of it. And everything that is not of you, that it would just melt away. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the hard truth. And again, I, I, I'm not going to hold any punches today and in this series because I'm preaching to me too. I am going through the same journey. It may look different for you than it does for me, but we are walking this together, building our lives on the foundation. Here's the hard truth. It's not on the screen, so write, write this down if you can. The poor decisions, lack of discipline, and misalignment truly stemmed from me, and it's probably true for you, not being focused on the most important alignment, which is my relationship with Christ. Guys, I, my Bible was getting dusty. My time alone with God had become infre infrequent. And that affected my heart. And my heart then was out of balance and everything else was out of balance. All these surfacey things, these problems that come to surface are because of a misalignment problem because we're misaligned with the most important relationship that we will ever have or ever need and that's the relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to get the vertical right. And that's the title of the message is the urgency for alignment urgency for alignment today if you hear my voice hear my heart as a friend as a brother as a pastor we have to get back in alignment with Christ or everything else will be out of balance there are so many areas in our life if we're absolutely honest are not in balance at all take an inventory right now in your minds We're not in alignment, and we know we should be there. We desire it, but for some reason, we just can't seem to get there. And if we get there, we just can't seem to maintain it. We really are. We have good intentions, everybody. We do. We have good hearts. We want to serve God. We want to do the right thing. We, we have awesome intentions. But the end result always seems to fall flat. There's something, like in my life, when I realized I needed to change, there's something missing. And so let me ask you a couple questions to kind of get our hearts in alignment. How many of you, truly, 
Let me talk to you men. How many men would let their wives drive a car that they know is completely out of alignment? Hopefully in your right mind you would not do that if you knew that. Why? Because it's not safe. Because the moment that Lauren slightly lifts her hands off that steering wheel, it could head her right straight into the ditch if it's that far off alignment. Have you ever even dealt with driving and your car's just a little off alignment? You know, you can manage maybe five seconds, look mom, no hands kind of thing. But now when your car's completely out of alignment, you're not going to do that. How many of you who go hunting and, and target shooting would actually take your weapon and use it if you knew the sights were completely out of alignment? Duh. <laughs> you may hit something, but it's not going to be what you're aiming for. And you know what's dangerous about that is it could be absolutely fatal to you and others around you. It's because your sights are off. And how many parents here would actually set their toddler for the first time on a bike that is completely off balance? That is a mean trick. You can do it, kid. No, you can't. I mean, come on. If they're going to fall over. It wouldn't be safe and it wouldn't be secure at all. Yet sadly, we walk every day and we don't address our spiritual life that way. We put it in a whole other category. We don't address it with urgency and care and concern when our spiritual lives, which are the most important because our spiritual lives, when this body dies and decays, our spiritual life will live on. That's what matters. And it's where it's going to live on at that matters. And that vertical relationship is our only hope, which we're going to see in a minute. So it's all about the vertical. So we're learning from the Bible the basics. And the Bible told us last week that in order to have the alignment, the abundant life, the healthy life, the, fulfillment li the fulfilled life, a life of freedom and blessing that Jesus came to give us is we first need to build our life on the foundation with Jesus Christ. So if you haven't done that yet and surrendered to Jesus, you need to do that. But then the next thing is we need to align ourselves completely to Christ, to his lordship. That means he has everything in all control of our lives. He is the center of everything. So let me ask you, where is Jesus the center of your life? If he's not the center of your life, can I tell you very plainly, you're out of alignment. Matthew 6 says it so well. It says this, and uh, go ahead and uh, lift the house lights if you don't mind, Lindsay, if they're not already lifted. Go ahead, get your Bibles out. There are some in the flaps, your app, your phone, phone app, a Bible app. Uh, there's going to be some scriptures that I read that I would love for you to read with me that aren't on the screen, but Matthew 6 33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. I believe that. It says seek once in a while the kingdom of God. Or wait, no, seek when all else fails 
the kingdom of God. Seek when maybe we feel like it and we're up to it, the kingdom of God. No, it says seek first. The first thing you do is seek his kingdom. Let that sink in. <laughs> what do we see happen in this? Yes, we want to seek God first. But really, what Jesus is saying here is all things are going to be added to you. We're a worldly culture because we fall into sin. And so we want the things, the patterns of this world and the materials of the world. And Jesus in Matthew 6 is addressing that. They're anxious and worrying and being consumed about the material needs. And Jesus is saying, if you would just seek me first, all of that would come. We want God to work in our lives. We want fullness and blessing. We want God to shine through us and in us and show his glory and his power but so often, you and I live as if we don't even want him in our lives. Ouch. And yet we want his stuff. This is speaking to somebody this morning. We want to see fruit in our lives. Godly fruit. Man, we pray for it. But we sure don't necessarily want to go through all that work and the time and the pruning that it takes to produce that kind of fruit. And so we get comfortable and complacent and apathetic. We want rest. We want peace. We want time with God because we know that's exactly what we need. We want fellowship with other believers because we know that that's how we're going to pour into ourselves and grow. And yet, we don't slow down. We want this, but we're not willing to give up this. That's out of alignment and not putting Christ and seeking him first. God is saying if you seek him first, everything else falls together. So look at me. Look at the look picture the cross. The vertical beam is the most important beam in the cross because the vertical goes to Christ. It holds us up. That's the most important thing. Once that is set in place on the cornerstone, sunk into the cement of the rock of Calvary, the rock of our salvation, it cannot be moved. Then you can put the horizontal beam on. Then you can put all the other things that God wants for our lives in the mix. But we get it out of whack, don't we? You see, we're going to see the scripture in, in a few minutes out of John 15, where God says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to understand that all the things that we seek of God will absolutely be nothing if we're not in relationship and connected and remaining in him. When we are out of alignment, we are detached from God. When Jesus gets shifted from being the center of our life, when he gets shifted from being the anchor and the hope of our lives, things, things become very unsteady, don't they? Very wobbly. It's just a matter of time. Something so small can just push us over the top. But you see, when we are aligned in the vertical with Christ, and he is at the central place of everything, this is what happens as we see in Psalms 1-3. This is, this is it. He is like a tree planted 
by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. Where is Christ seated in your life? So we're going to cover very quickly three points, but I want you to bow your heads first and I want us to pray. I want us to get in alignment. And what I would challenge you, if you are, I was going to say if you are comfortable, I don't want you comfortable. God doesn't want us comfortable because a life of comfort leads to a life of apathy. Life of apathy leads to a life out of focus. A life out of focus leads to a constant life in misalignment. So would you pray with me? I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. I'm going to ask you to make this your prayer. So bow your heads, no eyes looking anywhere. God, speak to my heart. Go ahead. Open my eyes. Let me hear from you. And give me the strength and the deep desire to do whatever it takes to draw near to you and find my alignment only in you. So there's three things we need to do in order to find our way back into proper alignment in that vertical relationship with Christ Jesus. Number one is we have to understand our destructive state of misalignment. It is so important. Number two is we have to understand and receive and embrace the hope that we have in Christ. And number three is we have to diligently, intentionally work daily to deny ourselves and to carry our cross, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, to maintain that alignment. How many know that if you go to a chiropractor, the next day you might need to go back because you're out of alignment already? And so number one is understanding the destructive state of our misalignment. Isaiah 53 says this, All of us like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every single one to our own way. We have whether you've done major, major, major bad things that maybe you've even been in prison for, or you have just thought very, very bad things. All of us have gone astray. Ephesians 2. Turn to it if you have it. It'll be on the screen. Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 3. Would you read with me? I'm going fast, but hang on. Buckle up, guys. Here we go. 1 through 3. And you were, what's that word there? Dead. We've got to remember that we are dead in our sin. We were dead in our sin, the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit that is now at the work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind and were nature. What's that? Children of That's bad. That's really bad. And for the wages of sin is death. You see, there's a holy God. Well, why would a loving God do this and this and this? There's a holy God. And he cannot tolerate any sin. And we need to understand that. We need to come to an understanding of our fallen state because of sin. So let's get real. Let's get real. Well, we've already been real, haven't we? But let's get even more real. We, 
in our fallen state, the moment we come out of our mother's womb and breathe our first breath, we breathe in the patterns of this world, which is sin, and we become creatures of habit, creatures of comfort, creatures of pleasure and fame. And you know what the Bible says about that? I've never used this scripture in the past in a sermon before. I'm excited to use it. But you're not going to be excited to hear it. It says, Proverbs 26, verse 11, like a dog returning to its vomit, so does one fool to its folly. We are creatures of habit. And when we are operating in our fallen state of sin, we go back to what sin does. We go back to sinful behavior and sinful thoughts and sinful feelings. And we wonder why we can't get an alignment. I want you to hear me, guys. There is a vicious cycle of sin that many of you are in. And if you don't stop and get in alignment with Christ now, it may be too late. And if it's not too late, Lord willing, it's going to be a destructive state. Have you ever heard of something called collateral damage? I don't want you to experience that, but you may need to if you don't stop and get the vertical right now. And just like I was out of shape and unhealthy and not slowing down, not willing to slow down, I couldn't shut things off. The physical problems were brewing. I couldn't necessarily see them, but I didn't want to change yet. Not until I saw the test results. Sometimes we live in, our, in, in misalignment so long that we just get comfortable with our destructive state that we don't even realize the condition that we're in. Do you know somebody like that? We need to view our spiritual test results. If you're taking notes, write that down, if you don't mind. We need to review our spiritual test results. Have you seen your test results lately? If you haven't, let me share with you a quote by Tony Evans. It says this, God wants us to clearly see how sinful we are so that we can fully appreciate the significance of the cross. For whenever the awareness of our sinfulness is diminished, the cross gets lost. Its brilliance gets lost. And therefore, its effectiveness and power get lost. It also loses its power in our daily lives. Next. But if you don't understand the standard of God, which is holiness, and if you don't understand the sinfulness of man, you won't appreciate nor will you benefit from the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Hear me. I'm pleading with you today to understand that your sinful state is only going to lead you to a road of destruction. Even if you're a believer, you will make it to the kingdom of heaven because you have a relationship with Christ. But don't you want to experience the full abundant life that God gives us now? And so... We need to see our test results. And so like me standing there, I said, okay, this is bad. What do I do now? And he said to me, there is hope. There is hope. But it's going to take some time. 
And I say to you today, there is hope for our destructive patterns of misalignment. There is hope for you today. You don't have to be living the way you are. You don't have to. You have a choice. And so there is hope. So we're going to finish the rest of the passage in Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7. This is where hope comes into play, which I'm so thankful for the hope and the atoning death of Christ Jesus, my Savior, that he who knew no sin became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. That makes me dance because that's our hope. So let's read this together. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And then we'll just finish with verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off in misalignment have now been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's our hope. So we see in Ephesians 2 verse 1, we see our test results. We see that we were dead in our sin, but now we see our hope in verse 5. Because of his love for us, he has made us alive and one in Christ. We see our test results that we have been dead in our sin, and we see in Christ we have been saved and rescued all because of grace. Isn't that amazing? Nothing we have to do but to receive it. And then we see our test results in verse 2. Following the course of this world, following Satan. When you're not in alignment with Christ, you are in alignment with Satan. I'll leave it at that. Living out the patterns of our flesh and carrying out the disobedient desires of the flesh, reaping destructive consequences. That's our test results. But here's our hope. In verse 6, he raised us up with him and seated him, seated us with him. That's our new identity. That's who we are, but so often we're not walking as that identity. Are you still with me, everybody? Verse 3, our test results says we were by nature children of wrath. That's our test results. Here's the hope. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near. Because of Christ, you are an heir in Christ now. You are seated with Christ right now. Receive it, apply it, and get in alignment with God. There is hope for you. There is hope for wholeness. There is hope for forgiveness. There is hope for new life. And it's because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And we need to get aligned with the cross, with our relationship with Jesus. But here's the thing, so you just don't think that it all has to be just perfect in a bed of roses like that because it's not because we are still in our fallen state. We are in a fallen world that is seeing destruction all the time and it just seems to be getting worse and worse. The battle and the tug of war with our sinful nature is on. When you wake up, it's on. Sinful patterns of the world, 
or alignment with Christ. Every day, every second of every day. But here's what we forget. We are on the winning side. And the battle has already been won. Jesus won it for us. And he's victorious. And we have already won. We just have to stand in that victory. And stand in alignment with Christ. You don't have to do anything. Just stand in alignment with Christ. Have relationship with Christ. The Apostle Paul himself struggled with this tug-of-war match. It's a passage in Romans 7 where he says, the things that I hate I end up doing, and the things that I love to do and know I need to do, I don't do. Well, here's a paraphrase called The Message by Eugene Peterson. I want us to read this because this hit me right here. It says this, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Ever been there? Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? Sin to do something totally different. The answer is, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and my mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. The Apostle Paul gets it. And so that leads us to our third point. So we see that the vertical is so important, but we have to understand our destructive state of sin. And then we have to understand and embrace the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But that's not it. Just like in the chiropractor, you can't go two years without seeing him and expect to still be in alignment. And so this last point, we're going to look at maintaining that alignment. How are you maintaining your alignment? And we're going to very, very quickly cover three points in order to maintain alignment. Write this down. We have to remain in him. We have to remove sin and the patterns of this world that keep tripping us up. And we need to renew ourselves. And I added a fourth one this morning. And we need to repeat. We need to renew. We need to remain. John 15. I, I, I alluded to it earlier. Abide in me and I in you. You know what that word abide means? And sometimes it's in translations now. Remain. If you are not remaining in Christ in that vertical relationship, you're out of alignment. And we need to understand when we're not remaining in Christ, we can do absolutely nothing. So why are you trying? You're probably like me sometimes. You're probably going through seasons in your life and you just don't understand why you can't do anything and nothing seems to happen. Have you checked your alignment with Christ? Have you checked and done an inventory of where Christ is not the center of your life? Because that's probably the problem. And so we need to remove that sin. Ephesians 4.22, since we're in the book of Ephesians, it says to put off your old self. Yes, you've died. You are in Christ. Uh, what does the passage say? Uh, for, um, for I have been crucified with Christ. It's not I that live, but Christ that lives within me. But we still have this old self called the flesh. 
And we got to get rid of it. And Ephesians 4 says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on, put on, put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Hebrews 12, 2 says about running the race, it says, strip off every weight that hinders you from running the race. So after you remain in Christ, you have to do an inventory and you have to strip off the weight that is keeping you from running with full endurance the race that God has set before you. We've got to get the vertical right. And then we have to renew. Romans 12, 1, the band can come up by the way. Romans 12, 1 says this, I urge you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Guess what? It's your spiritual act of worship, by the way. And then it says this, do not conform to the patterns of this world any longer, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. What you feed yourself will eventually come out. What you watch will eventually come out. If you listen to heavy metal, which nothing's wrong with heavy metal, I shouldn't even say heavy metal, any music that has words that we hear today about suicide and depression and murder and all this stuff, guess what you're going to be struggling with? And guess what you're going to be thinking about? And what you look at on the TV screen and in, on the Internet is eventually going to come out. The Bible says it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Bad company corrupts good behavior. If you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, guess what's going to happen? Wrong behavior and you're going to be out of alignment. Am I, am I speaking to anybody's heart? And so as we, as we just enter into a time of reflection, I, where are you? Where's your alignment? Where do you need to seek him first and allow everything else to fade away? Because we know that then all things that God wants to give us will come into play. Where are you in your personal life and your thought life? Is Christ the center? Are you in alignment? In your marriage, are you in alignment? Where is Christ not the center? Because if we don't get that in alignment, we're going down a very slippery slope. And so if you could bow your heads as we get ready to pray, I, I want to ask you one final question. And would you open the ears of your heart to hear me? I want to ask you this. What would it look like for your alignment and your life if you reprioritized and spent the time that you spend with all other stuff and focus one week on Christ of bringing him back in the center instead of checking the Facebook account as much as you do and I think we would be surprised how much time we truly spend on social media I'm not saying it's wrong I'm not trying to be legalistic but if we were to spend half that time in prayer or studying the word of God, I think we would be probably seeing different results. In your marriage, what would it look like if you prayed with your spouse every single day? 
you don't need the right words. What if it's, Lord, bless my beautiful wife. Watch over her. Give her strength. The things ahead, would you provide everything that she needs? Would you help us parent our son? Would you guide him and protect him and cover him? Would you allow him to come into a relationship with you at an early age? And would you bless our marriage and protect us, God? We want to be a home that blesses you. In Jesus' name, amen. That was 30 seconds, and it was from the heart. And those prayers draw me and Lauren in alignment. And it can draw your marriage in alignment. We need to get right, guys. We need to get right. I'm going to unashamedly do an altar call. But you don't have to come up here. You can sit right where you're at. But if you're looking at your test results right now where you're at and it's just not healthy, I, I want you to take this time to get right and get alignment with Christ. For grace we've been saved and his mercies are new every morning and he loves us and he will never leave us or forsake us. But he's asking us to come back and draw close. So whatever you need in this time, would you go ahead and do that? Let's pray. Father, Wow. We need you. Every hour we need you. And as all hearts are open this morning right now, I ask that your spirit, your Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead would flow right now, would touch and meet people's lives right now. Even without even thinking about it, Lord, people's hearts would become in alignment right now with you. Right now. Right now, we look to you, Jesus, and we come humbly before you at the cross where you took our place. God, our hearts are to make you first and to align ourselves with you, but you know our waywardness, you know our sinfulness, and we repent and we turn from our wicked ways. And sometimes we need to do that 20,000 times a day, but we are going to do it. And so, Lord, minister to these hearts in ways that only you can minister. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and respond as God leads.